As always, it's so good to be with you, and you bring so much joy to my heart. I truly thank God for you each and every day in my prayers on more than one occasion. And by the way, Archbishop Kurtz, he called me yesterday morning and asked me to thank you for your extreme generosity in helping us to meet our Catholic Services Appeal goal. That goal was $132,000, and we have reached it, and now we're going over the top of it. While goals are good, and we need goals in order to, in order to ensure that we get where we're going, the important thing is what those dollars will be used for. Namely, they'll be used to do good in this community and the world at large. And so that's an that's a encouraging thing. That's a, something that should, you should find great strength and joy and happiness in, in knowing that you're doing good in the world through your support of the Catholic Services Appeal. Last week, the Holy Scriptures placed significant emphasis on the importance of the Word of God in our lives. As a matter of fact, in September of 2019, Pope Francis declared that going forth from that moment on, the third Sunday in ordinary time will be devoted, set aside to celebrate the extreme importance of the Word of God in our lives. And this week's readings continue on in that vein. In the first reading, Moses speaks of the rising of a great prophet, one who would speak the Word of God to them. And if they listened and they took it to heart, it says that they would become brimming with life, just filled with life, just topped and topped and brimming over with so much life through God's word. And then in the psalm, as we heard Jean sing so beautifully a while ago, we are encouraged as the people of God to open our hearts freely to God's word. We are reminded by the psalmist that we are the flock and that God is our shepherd and he guides us. As a matter of fact, he says, if today you hear my voice, Harden not your hearts. Harden not your hearts. I can just, it's what a vivid image of, of the sheep being called by the shepherd and they hear his voice and they come running to him. And then Paul writes in the second letter to the church at Corinth, he says, to set yourself free from the anxieties of this world by focusing first of all on the things of God. And then there's Jesus. Dearest, sweet Jesus, as he speaks the word of God to a crowd that is assembled there this, at the time of the reading, and it says, Mark makes a comment, he, he's watching all this taking place, and he observes and he makes a comment that those who were listening were literally blown away by the inspiration of his teaching. That's the power of the Word of God. And these words apply equally to all of us who are here this evening as well. I really like what the Holy Father said in a recent homily. He said that God's Word is a love letter to us. It's a love letter to us. and That's so true. I really like that. How wonderful 
how magnificent and most importantly, how transforming is the Word of God when we allow the Word of God to take root in our hearts and to flourish and thrive in our lives. It's beautiful. What did, what did Solomon say? He says, more precious than gold or silver, Lord, is the way of life that you teach. Your word is sweeter than honey. It is living, it is effective, and it is capable of penetrating into the very marrow of your soul, meaning the word of God can go into the very depths of your soul and touch you where you are. That's the power of the word of God. Now, knowing God's word is of particular importance today. It's always been important, but especially important today because we live in what is called a post-Christian society. Now, what does that mean? A post-Christian society means that God is being pushed further and further and further out the door of our society and having an impact on our society. For example, how often do you hear the Word of God mentioned in a positive way in our society today? What about the media? What about television? Turn to God in your time of need? Well, you don't hear that. This is a, this is a very pointed question, to be honest with you. How can we say, you know, how can we say that we're this great society that's dedicated to eradicating all forms of poverty when such spiritual malnourishment exists in our world today. See, we cannot disconnect, we must not disconnect ourselves from the very prosperity, the Word of God, that propels us to want to be a great society in the first place. There's a real disconnect here today, and it's, it's very unfortunate because it becomes uh, very secular when you do it. But the reason that we love neighbor is because we love God. There's a connection there. It's not just, we, we, not just because we want to do it, because it's a good thing. We do it out of a tremendous sense of love of God. And to understand that, we have to know his word. So it's very important. Now for us as Catholics, the primary venue for receiving the Holy Scriptures is called the Liturgy of the Word during the celebration of the Holy Mass. That's what we're doing right now. The, the Mass goes through different sequences, you might call it, and one of the sequences is called the Liturgy of the Word, and that's what we're doing. That's, that's the celebration of the Word of God, and it's so important in our lives. Let's take a few moments and just sort of look at the movement or the flow of the liturgy of the word at the Holy Mass. The liturgy of the word begins with an Old Testament reading which is connected in some way to the gospel reading. Like the prophet Moses spoke of, well he was talking about Jesus, right? He was talking about this great authority and, and, and we heard Jesus who spoke with tremendous authority in the gospel reading. Remember this, that our roots are connected in the Old Testament covenant. And then there's the reading. The reading is followed by a psalm. 
And the strength of the psalm is this. This is why the psalms are so eternal and so powerful. These psalms, David, who, who wrote most of them, uh, he's a very honest person. And he tells you how he really feels. And David addresses, what he does is he addresses the ups and downs that he goes through in his life. And boy, does he go through some. But he, he addresses it from a faith-based perspective. Meaning, how does God impact this? Where is the power of God in this? That's why that the Psalms are always sung like a ballad because they're about life and how to deal with life. Then comes the New Testament reading. And while it's not always linked to the gospel per se, like the Old Testament reading is, it does provide us with a living testimony of what the early church was like as well as offer each of us practical advice on how to live out our faith on a daily basis. The Word of God is so practical. Uh, it, it is beautiful. There's no, no doubt about that, inspiring and all that good stuff. But it's practical. It really guides me. And every decision that I make every day, God's Word guides me. That's, that's the power of love. That's the power of God and what God has done for us. And then at this point, the, the liturgy of the word, it shifts into a high gear. And we call that the reading of the gospel. The reading of the gospel. Uh, it is considered to be the summit. It is considered to be the apex of the liturgy of the word. That's why we all stand. We all stand in unison as the word of God is elevated. And what do we sing? We sing Alleluia. You know what hallelujah means, if you literally translate it? It means praise the Lord. Isn't that interesting? Didn't know Catholics were so charismatic, did you? But uh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is, this is the word of God, and God is about to feed us with his word. This is good stuff. And then as it is elevated, it is given, it, is, it comes over here to the ambo, where it is read, and then there is the giving of the homily. Have you ever heard anybody read announcements from the AMBO? Well, I hope not, because the AMBO is dedicated to the Word of God. Just like the altar, it's dedicated to the celebration of the Eucharist. The AMBO is dedicated to the celebration of the Word of God. It's a holy place. It's a, a reverent place. And uh, what a wonderful thing it is. And then with the gospel is open, always with a greeting. It's a happy time because the word of God is joyous. And it is, it is a festive occasion. And after we, we greet one another in the name of Christ, we make the sign of the cross, don't we? First of all, it's made upon the gospel reading. And then it is made upon our head, our lips, and our heart, right? Uh, it's sort of like this transference of God's word into our mind, into our mouth, our words and our actions, and into our heart, meaning our feeling. That's pretty, that's pretty exciting when you think about it. Um, see, what that is, that's a great reminder that we are here for, to allow God to act upon us 
and transform us through his word, just like with the Holy Eucharist. And then the gospel is read in what's called a ministerial way, which means this. It, what it means is Jesus is speaking directly to us. And that's the same we see here today for all of us who are assembled here this evening. See, it's not the priest. It's not the deacon. We're just sort of an ambassador, you might call it. Uh, we're not the ones who proclaim the gospel. It's Jesus. Jesus speak, speaking through them. Same thing with the Eucharist. <laughs> you know, it's exactly the same thing. as Jesus working through the priest. And once the gospel is read, it is placed on the front of the ambo as a sign of extreme respect and the importance that it has placed in our lives. I'll be honest with you. I'm a convert. When I, the first time I came to a Catholic Mass, the first thing that impressed me was the procession of the book of the Gospels, and it was elevated. And I thought, that's really good. There's the Word of God being elevated and placed in a high position of inspiration and praise. And then after the Holy Scripture is read, the Gospels read, then it's time for the homily. Now, interestingly, the homily has been evolving or changing somewhat over the last few decades. And it has a lot to do with the fact that we live in a post-Christian society, mean, meaning that there's not a lot of places that we can go today where we are exposed to the Word of God in our lives. So we're not as literate, if you want to say it that way, we're not as literate as we used to be uh, with the Word of God today. So it's, it's very important, as we see in the teaching of the church, to bring the gospel into a practical realm, to show people, to assist people and help people in understanding just how the gospel applies in their life. See, people today are they are searching uh, especially during this time of COVID we know that reading the scripture is definitely on the rise that's already been proving but I like to call it people today are thirsting they're looking for something that will give them answers that will help them through life do you thirst for the law the word of God do you thirst for it do you long for it do you find that it satisfies what a beautiful, beautiful thought that is. See, the Word of God is the grid for understanding what is happening in our society, our community, and our hearts. And then after the homily comes the creed. The creed, the beautiful creed. And the creed is especially important during the liturgy of the Word because it is a public profession of our faith. Wave after wave, every time that we read the creed, it just, I'm flooded with emotion. As I think about, there's just, it's just one big truth after another, one big truth after another that has a life eternal type of impact upon each and every one of us. And as we read that, what do we say? As we profess it, we say this, I believe, I believe in God, Father Almighty. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe 
there's some really big truth there to that and what a wonderful thought that is and then the the final piece of the liturgy of the word is called the prayers of the faithful now listen to the prayers of the faithful in in this in a few moments because this is a great opportunity it's a great way for us to express to god to voice to god as a whole our concerns for the world that's exactly what it is uh, it's called sort of like the collect you know that's one of the ways that priests hold their hands when they're praying do you know what that means he's collecting the prayers and he's lifting them up to god watch that sometimes and see if it doesn't happen that way he's collecting all the prayers and then lifting them forward to god and that's what happens during the prayer of the faithful did you know this, that the prayer of the faithful is always done in a certain order? Listen for it tonight, see if you don't agree. Uh, first of all, the needs of the church. See if you don't find that tonight. Then there's prayer for those in authority, in public authority over us. And then the salvation of the world. And then those who are burdened. This is when, by difficulty, this is when we pray for the sick. This is when we pray for those, the families of those who have passed on, and then the needs of the local community. But it's a wonderful flow. It's a wonderful movement. And it prepares us for moving into the next part of the Mass, which is the liturgy of the Eucharist. I'd like to leave you with a couple of thoughts for reflection this evening. Critical, critical to your life, the well-being of your life. Make a commitment this evening to be a lifelong student of God's Word through the liturgy of the Word and devotional reading. That's one of the reasons attendance at Mass is so important because you're, you're getting God's Word in your life. The second thing is this. Spend time over the next week reflecting and resonating with the words of St. John Henry Newman. Listen to what he said. He says, to me... Nothing is so consoling, so piercing, so thrilling, and so overcoming as the Holy Mass. It is, he says, the greatest encounter of Jesus on earth. Don't you agree with that? Boy, that is so true. So God bless all of you and let the word of God dwell within you richly.